a new Cajun field. Again, it's Locked On Sunbelt. You are Locked On Sunbelt, your daily podcast on the Sunbelt Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Dave Schultz, Lockdown Sunbelt, your team every day. Uh, we did have some uh, big news here in Lafayette. We'll get to that here in a moment. We'll also talk about this anti-JMU sentiment. I am kind of shocked at the people commenting on basically saying tough cookies to JMU. You know, I, I'm kind of surprised at that. We'll read the comments, uh, the clean ones anyways, although I think they were all clean. Uh, and we will go over week 12. Uh, as well, and of course, there is some JMU news out there. Uh, they better move fast. They better move fast. All right, here in Lafayette, we got the new, we got the plans finally for a new Cajun field. It'll be Our Lady of Lords Stadium. Excuse me. <coughs> it's a $65 million project, and it is expected to be completed in two years. They're going to start tearing down. Uh, the west side, if you've ever seen Cajun Field, that's where the press box is and the, the things they call suites right now. Uh, the other side where the students sit is the east side. And so they closed off the south end uh, maybe eight years ago, nine years ago. Uh, and uh, the big scoreboard is on the north end. All right. So we have all our directions set. Okay. Um, they're going to start knocking things down December 11th. And they expect to have that done within 60 days. So we'll see. Again, it feels like it may be a little bit of a tight schedule. I think the, the AD, I had, a, I had Dr. Brian Maggard on my radio show. And I don't know if it was on the air or in between. But he sort of, I think he alluded to it. It's supposed to, it's supposed to be ready for the uh, 2025 season. Okay. But I think he kind of offhanded remark was like, well, it's supposed to be done like, you know, July or August of 2025, but that's a tight window. Uh, if you don't have any, any time put in there for, uh, delays. All right. Um, that happened with the baseball field, right. When they built the, the new Teague, um, there were delays getting it started. And then Due to the delays getting it started, it wasn't ready for the first season, and it was completed by pretty sure the next season. Um, the thing, uh, ju and that, and just like that, uh, they're playing in Cajun Field in twenty twenty four. All right, everybody will be on the east side of the stadium, including um, where TV will be and the press box will be. The press box is going to be on the east side. Whatever deal they're putting together, I think, in 2024 is what we're going to get permanently. All of the new amenities are on the other side. I will say this. That is the one thing that it just doesn't look good in Cajun Field when it's not full. Students come out, but the students are only in one set or in two sections. If, if the students come out, the, the two sections that they're in look packed. Whereas I think I've talked about this before. At South Alabama, uh, it's not as big a stadium, and that's what the Cajuns are paring down towards, uh, maybe a little bit bigger. But uh, 
South Alabama does a good job of having the students in the lower on the lower section from the 20 all the way to the 20, right? And so when it's only about 10 rows or so and they're packing the place, it looks great on TV. Not so much so in Cajun Field, all right? It looks empty, all right? Especially if the students aren't filling it up. So next year won't look great because you're going to be looking at construction, all right? The rubble, I guess. Uh, but the following year, that you're going to be getting a great look of what the stadium looks like. So most of the time when you see, you know, when you're seeing the field of play, you're seeing it from the press box and everything is set up in the other direction. This is going to be interesting because it will technically be in the press box, but now you're going to be looking at the main uh, portion of the stadium that is being redone. So that is something that is a little bit different uh, this time around. All right. Um, they're building, you know, loge boxes and sky boxes and club seating. And they're going to have a couple of different, um, couple of different concourses. And so it, it's, it's finally here a little background. All right. So I got here in the first time I got here in Lafayette was 2013. They had just announced their plans to do all of this in, I think the summer, maybe late spring. And they have done a lot, all right? Before that, those plans were made back in 2013. They fixed up uh, Lampson Park, the softball stadium, all right? That was already done, all right? And that was done by Scott Farmer. And that's how I think he got the job uh, to begin with. Uh, and they fixed up everything else. They fixed up soccer. They fixed up track, uh, the Cajun Dome. And, of course, the TIG was the big project. Supposed to be done in 16, and I think it got finished in... 17 all right uh for the 17 season yeah um but they've never gotten around to cajun field and they desperately need that all right it is it is too big for this community um the odd part is the plans back in 2013 were trying to fill capacity up to 65,000. it seats about 40 and they're going to go back down to about just over 30 so there's going to be no upper deck. The upper deck uh, on the west side of the stadium will be taken down. So, and the big thing is, you know, will they draw? That has been a bugaboo in this town for the better part of a decade. They have been, I don't think the Cajuns have had this good a run as, as a football team. We're talking about from 11, from 2011 to this year. And if they make a bowl game, that, isn't that like 13 seasons? And they've not only made a bowl game twice. Twice. Mark Hudspeth went to four straight bowl games, missed one, then went to another one, and then missed one. And he got let go. Billy Napier went to a bowl game all four years. And Mike Desimo went to a bowl game last year. And if they beat Troy or ULM, they're going to a bowl game this year. And yet, if you go back... I on, on Wikipedia and maybe even on their own website, you know, top 10 raging Cajuns attended ball games, not in the last decade or so. It's just not, it's crazy. It's insane. So, um, you know, even, even, I mean, they announced over 30,000 for the Sunbelt championship game, but I mean, they, they, that should have been sold out. It wasn't freezing. I was here for that. Um, uh, came back from Mobile for just that weekend, but it was not all that cold and wasn't wet. 
it should have been sold out. And so the big question is, are they going to be able to address the attendance issues that have been lagging, right? We've talked about that all year, about how JMU keeps on drawing, how Marshall packs them in, how Georgia Southern packs them in, all right? I know Georgia State has their issues, but Southern Miss, that may be about the winning, to be honest with you. Um, so that's been a tough year for them. But Texas State's been packing them in because of the winning. We'll see what Arkansas State does this weekend against Texas State. So the Cajuns need to start drawing. And it's not that you need to be. It'd be nice to be full every weekend, all right? But, well, you got to be two-thirds full. You got to be you, you got to be averaging over 20,000, right, if you're the UL Raging Cajuns. They didn't do that in Billy Napier's final year. And they had one loss and none in the conference. It didn't make any sense. It did not make any sense. So the plans are out there. I will put the, uh, if you're interested, I'll put the, a link in uh, in the comment section uh, so you can check it out. Looks like it's going to be very nice and it's not going to take that long. Uh, so they're going to start on it in about three weeks. So, well, maybe a little bit more than that. But December 11th is when they're going to do it. And they're going to take it. They got a big crane and they're just going to knock things down. There's going to be no explosion, but... Everything's coming down. They think they can do it in 60 days. So, all right, let's take a timeout. When we come back, we'll talk about this anti-JMU sentiment. I don't understand it. I I don't. It's kind of odd to me. I, I would get it if it was, you know, the other teams from the East, but it does, it seems to be random people watching. So I appreciate you watching and I appreciate the comments. I don't understand the comments. Uh, when we come back, all right, um, let me tell you a little bit about prize picks prize picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in north america we are the easiest and most exciting way to play dfs it's just you against the numbers instead of battling thousands of other players including pros and sharks you pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in prize picks is the most fun i've had winning up to 25 times my money this football season and now i can play during basketball season too you just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, place your entry, and watch the money roll in. Testing my skills on prize picks this season is the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Prize picks is really simple to play. I can make picks and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. Go to prizepicks.com slash college and use code college for a first deposit match of up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash college and use code college for a first deposit match of up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Dave Schultz, Locked On Sunbelt, your team every day. All right, so I have to go. I probably should have copied and pasted the uh, the comments, but I'm going into the video, and you, I presume you guys can see the comments, right? And so I'm just reading the comments that were uh, put in the video uh, 
Tuesday's video as it was. James Madison uh, denied, or I guess it would have been well yesterday's video. I'm sorry, yesterday's video. Uh, James Madison uh, denied. All right. Um, Aaron Anderson, but the NCAA can change the rules when they want to. They nail Ole Miss to the wall several years back, but let LSU and Tennessee slide for breaking rules. Rules are rules, huh? Well, <laughs> I mean, they do. They do. And that's basketball. I presume that's what we're talking about. Uh, basketball for LSU. Uh, yeah, I mean, LSU and Kansas got away with a ton. All right. Uh, so Shane Metlin just heard the Virginia governor and the AG will be at JMU on Saturday. You presume if they're going to be there, uh, then game day is going to put them on, right? Why, why wouldn't you? Okay. And maybe we'll have an answer by then. Who knows? Um, maybe the NCAA will back away uh, as they usually do. By the way, they did put out a statement. And I saw um, Chris from The Athletic put it out. Did they really put that out like late night? Like after midnight? <laughs> that's kind of, that's come on. Jeez. And they put it out with the committee. Jeez. Um, here's one. I don't see what everybody's crying about. JMU knew the rules and signed an acknowledgement agreement. I know it's a stupid rule, but a rule is a rule. So, so I understand where you're coming from. But life is all about making the adjustments. And I am seeing a little bit more discussion on why this happens and why it's being allowed to happen. Uh, and that you just can't be successful in one sport for one season. Now, this happens to be two seasons for football, but they want it to be other things. Well, when the basketball team is off and running, <laughs> right? Um, taking down Michigan State and beating Kent State. And so they're off and running. Uh, so I, I think you have to take it in its entirety. And I don't think Jim, I don't think the NCAA did that with a JMU. All right. Uh, I do wish the NCAA would give a reason for the decision and rationale behind it. I absolutely agree. This is EJ doing this. If their reason is JMU, Jacksonville State, and Tarleton, Tarleton State knew the rules before they agreed to move up, then that's the reason. So state it. But just saying denied isn't a good answer to me. I'm with you. All right. Explain your decision. All right. You know, the kids are the ones getting screwed. Um, just, just stand by your decision. Someone get up there and say, this is what we decided. This is why we decided it. Uh, you may not like it, but this is what we decided. All right. Uh, boom, boom. 418. It doesn't matter what you think. JM knew, JMU knew the terms of joining the FCS, uh, in this case, the FBS, and they agreed to those terms. Yes, I feel bad for the athletes. But them's the breaks. Besides, what kind of precedent would it set if the NCAA caved? All right. Well, apparently you that you uh, care what I think, or else you wouldn't be tuning into my podcast. <laughs> so you seem to uh, want to hear what my opinion is. Um, and again, I don't like the rule. I think it's a foolish rule. They should be eligible. Uh, and the NCAA is hiding behind something that was put out there well before uh, NIL and the transfer portal. NCA shocker, is slow to make the adjustments. All right. Uh, Rob, I mean, the waiver process exists, though. If they don't want to accept a perfect waiver request, then the process should not exist. That's a good point. Why have the waiver process if, you know, I see, I don't think JMU is that, like, there's a minimum amount that they have to get to, right? There's not a list of things 
that they have to qualify for. And I think that whatever that may be, I think they're well beyond it, right? They, it's not the minimum that they're at. They're well beyond it. And that's why I have an issue. All right. Uh, Mark Jones, big uh, listener. Take JMU to cover now. Yeah, starting to think that. Kurt Signetti came out with a comment. I don't think Coach Signetti tweets all that much, but he basically said, are we going to cry and moan or are we going to go out and play a football game? All right. And, you know, if you're a football coach, this is actually a good lesson, right? Because no matter how right you do the things, and you can say, hey, look, we agreed. We knew what we were getting into. We were hoping that Sunbelt would help us, and that Sunbelt tried with this latest waiver. Uh, it didn't work out, all right? There's going to be lessons in life where you work really hard and it doesn't work out, all right? That, it's not the worst of all lessons that Kurt Signetti can give to his players. Having said that, Kurt Signetti can say, hey, we can prove it to everybody that we belong in the Sunbelt Championship. If you go out and lay an egg, no, everyone's going to say, I told you so. So it's not a, it's not the worst of all lessons for Kurt Signetti uh, to use this uh, to motivate his team, all right? Uh, Jay Thompson writes, the main thing that bothers me the most about JMU being denied is that we don't know when the SBC will be, uh, SBC Sunbelt will be in this position again, especially... If the Mountain West gets uh, Washington State and Oregon State, they'll be the strongest G5 uh, football league. Uh, sucks for the players, coaches, and JMU community as well. All right. Um, Ulysses Gonzalez, the SBC is going to be fine. Yeah, I think they will. I think they uh, will be fine moving forward. Um, and again, there could be a lawsuit. The AG, I think the AG has to get a law firm. I don't think the... Attorney General can do it, but the AG is getting a law firm to potentially sue. They're threatening a lawsuit, right? That's what they're doing. They're threatening a lawsuit and say, if you don't change your mind, we're coming after you. All right. Well, there is a certain amount of time. <laughs> All right. They basically have 10 days to get this done. All right. If the NCAA wants to drag it out or the courts want to drag it out. I know. I mean, we saw it happen a little bit faster than we thought it was, right? Last week, Jim Harbaugh got suspended. Uh, Michigan was hoping for an injunction by that Saturday, but the hearing was supposed to be heard today, on Friday, and Jim Harbaugh bailed on Thursday. So no hearing, he's taking his suspension. But, you know, even that took a week. Well, we, we don't have a week. <laughs> There's, the, I mean, you have 10 days, but, I mean, you basically have to know by, by you have to know by Saturday next week in case, oh, I don't know, JMU is planning on hosting. What are you going to tell them on Wednesday? Oh, by the way, JMU are in the game. Sorry, Georgia Southern, you're five and three. Sorry, you lose. JMU wins. <laughs> you can't do that. So you need to you need to make it clear uh, that this needs to. Be, I mean, I would have done it this week. Be very surprised what happens here. All right. Again, the NCAA didn't change their mind and JMU got screwed. JMU wants the NCAA to change their mind so they can play, all right? And again, as great as the bowl game is, I think they want to play in that Sunbelt Championship really badly. All right, uh, that's where we are now. We'll see how game day goes. Let's take another quick look at week 12. We're on a, could be just me. We're on a little bit of a, a little bit on fire here on the picks lately. NBA and college hoops. <laughs> it's crazy. What am I doing? Uh, let's see how we do this week. Maybe college football is just not my bag, baby. 
Uh, all right, when we come back, we will talk about a week 12 Cajuns going into Troy. I don't think it's going to be very close. Time to tell you about the game changer. Uh, three, two, one. Now for your game changer potentially of the week, brought to you by Athletic Brewing Company. Much like Ethan Crawford of Southern Miss, Athletic Brewing has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good. If Southern Miss wants to have a chance of taking down Mississippi State, Ethan Crawford has to be the game changer of the week. Frank Gore's got to do Frank Gore things for them to be close, but if they want to win, Ethan Crawford has to step up. Athletic Brewing Company has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good. You can find Athletic Brewing Company's non-alcoholic brews at a store near you or buy online at athleticbrewing.com. First-time customers can use code LOCKEDON to get 15% off your first online order. That's code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N at checkout for 15% off at athleticbrewingcompany.com. Near beer, exclusions and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company, fit for all times. All right, Dave Schultz, Locked On Sunbelt, your team every day. Let's check out again week 12. The Cajuns, again, now are a 16-point underdog, 16-and-a-half-point underdog at Troy. I, I don't happen to think this game's going to be very close. The Cajuns, I don't know what their game plan's going to be. I mean, if I thought they could stop the run, which they really haven't, great. Make Gunnar Watson beat you. The problem is Gunnar Watson going to beat him. I mean... The three touchdowns that he threw to or in the – I think it was all to Chris Lewis in the South Alabama game. Chris Lewis was covered each and every time. These were not running free. He was not a running free wide receiver. He was covered. The Cajuns – this is a matchup problem for the Cajuns. I am taking Troy minus the 16 and a half. Interesting ball game, South Alabama and Marshall – Really impressed with both their efforts uh, last year. I'll take South Alabama at home. You know what? I'm going to take Marshall to cover. I'm going to take Marshall to cover 10 and a half. I'm going to take South Alabama to win the ballgame. All right. That seems like a lot of points. I'm not sure South Alabama is 10 and a half points better than Marshall. Um, and I'm not sure how much Marshall's defense played great last week against Georgia Southern. They, they did what they had to do. Uh, keeping drives to field goals instead of touchdowns. And that was basically the difference in the game. We'll see if Cole uh, Pennington is a little bit more, let's say a little bit more explosive. He threw for 200 yards, one interception, uh, but they won the ball game. All right. LSU's taking on Georgia state. That's all going to matter. How long Jaden Daniels plays. The line is up to 32 points. Maybe Marcus Carroll can, you know, and, uh, and Darren Granger can show a little something, right? This LSU as great as that LSU offense is, the defense ain't no great shakes. The defense ain't no great shakes. Ole Miss against Monroe. News coming out late on Thursday. Jackson Dart is returning to Ole Miss, according to his head coach, Lane Kiffin. Uh, again, we'll see. UL Monroe, everyone here and on Lafayette, I can tell you right now, is nervous about that game. <laughs> they are terrified of that football game that Monroe is going to be jacked up. Um, Monroe's played tough. That's a lot of points. That is a lot of points. But Lane and, and Lane and company are coming off a 
you know, bad loss Went to Georgia. Uh, they need a little palate cleanser. You, see, that's the thing. You could, well, see, if it's 45 to 10, they don't cover. You got to take Monroe. You got to take Monroe. All right. Uh, Coastal Carolina is going to Army. They're a three-point favorite. We'll take Coastal Carolina in that. Weather. Is that the weather? It says it could be 59 degrees. Wow. Uh, I'm going to take Southern Miss on this one. I may take a flyer on the money line. All right. Just a little bit. Just a tiny bit. Uh, Mississippi State, it's up to 14 and a half. Uh, we'll see what Mississippi State can do. They're in, they're in a mess as well. I'm taking JMU minus nine. Uh, they're hosting App State along with game day. Uh, I'm, huh, I think JMU is going to take their frustrations out on App State. We'll see if App State can kind of use that aggression against them. Remember, no Jalen Green, but uh, I would look for James Madison to kind of put on a show once the game got going. They've had a couple of slow starts, uh, but then in the second and third quarters, they are raring to go. Uh, this is also an interesting ball game, like Marshall and uh, South Alabama, Arkansas State at home against Texas State. Texas State's favored by three and a half. I'm going to take the Red Wolves. All right. I'm going to take the Red Wolves. They're both coming off. Uh, they had big wins, and then they went on the road to lose. We'll see how mature they are. Um, Arkansas State needs the win to go bowling. Texas State already is bowling. Uh, you do have TJ Finley uh, against uh, Jalen Rayner. All right, a veteran, although still just a redshirt sophomore, uh, against a true freshman. Uh, we'll see if Rayner and company can bounce back. He didn't look all that good against. He didn't look all that good against uh, against South Alabama. And then what could have been a really big ball game if Old Dominion had hung on to defeat Coastal Carolina. They're taking on Georgia Southern. Georgia Southern needs this ball game. They're six and a half point favorites. And then Old Dominion doesn't blow anybody out. And Georgia Southern's defense all of a sudden is, you know, I don't know what that's going on there. We'll take Georgia Southern in this ballgame. You know what? We're going to take Old Dominion to cover. I did that last week, too, and it didn't work out in my fashion. Uh, we're going to take Old Dominion to cover, but Georgia Southern to win. Because Georgia Southern still has an outside shot at uh, – actually, if Georgia – they have an outside shot at winning the East. And, I mean, basically, they're rooting for JMU. <laughs> they, uh, they want JMU to win. Because if Georgia Southern wins and uh, JMU takes care of Coastal, that would be next week, and Georgia Southern beats App, then Georgia Southern is going to the Sunbelt Championship game. So I'm going to take Georgia Southern to win, but I think ODU uh, to cover. I would say right now, the one that I think has the best chance of happening, I think Troy's covering that. I'm not sure that Troy Cajun's game is going to be very close uh, at all. All right. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Another fantastic week on uh, Lockdown Sunbelt. We actually had some news with JMU and the Cajuns releasing their stadium plans. Uh, we will uh, we'll have a great weekend uh, where we're you know doing uh, the Cajuns uh, radio network uh, and helping out uh, with that. So please, everyone be safe. And again, thanks for tuning in to Lockdown Sunbelt, your team every day. I'm your host, Dave Schultz, and we'll talk to you again next week. Enjoy the football, everybody.